recording. Hello, everybody. Hello. How's everybody doing? It's been a while. It's been a it's been a while. I don't think we've posted for two months. I don't even know. It's been definitely too long. I would say too for long sure. for sure. It's been a it's been a minute. Uh, yeah, we're we're in a new new place. This isn't our house that we're in right now. No, full disclosure. We're at my parents' house. We're filming on their porch because we don't really have another place. I don't know if this is going to be the permanent setup for the podcast. I think we could make something work in our basement. In our basement? I forget how to interact with the mic, so I'm sorry if the sound is all screwed up. It's always screwed up. It's part of our brand. The problem with our basement is that there is nothing down there, so it's going to be just an echoey mess, and our sound already really sucks. Mm. We'd have to soundproof part of the basement, basically, which I'm willing to do. However... That would absolutely have to happen. Could be could be worth it. We'll see how it goes. But for right now, this is our temporary setup. Yeah. So sorry if you hear children playing in the background. Or, or car, dogs. Or cars. There's a lot of mess. But we're on my parents' porch. Do you want to just... I feel like this podcast, we're going to talk about the frenemies stuff that's been happening. Because I don't really want to do a main channel video about it. And I feel like you've also been following it. I have been, actually. So it'll be kind of an interesting conversation. So we don't want to talk... We don't want the whole thing to be about that. But we also feel like we should give a brief life update. Because I feel like a lot has happened since the last time we posted one of these. Would you agree? If you're new here, uh, this is pretty much how we run these is we ramble about things for like the first 30 half minutes. an hour yeah. and then after that we get to the topic so. yeah so if you're if you want to skip maybe i'll time stamp this for people watching on youtube you can skip the you know life update portion if you would like because i don't know if it'll be as interesting to everybody as frenemies yeah. ending and I'm just realizing now that we're not super centered but it's you okay. know we're doing our best so <laughs> we're trying our hardest here so why don't you do you want to do you want to just say like what's been going on from your perspective and then yeah we'll go from there well we moved we did <laughs> yeah so we decided that um, for those of you who watch the other channel the vlog channel the Hannah Glow channel shameless plug um, although there hasn't been a vlog in a couple months either but um, we're doing poorly on all fronts <laughs> when it comes to anything but Smoky Glow. Even your main channel. I know. Suffering. Hurting. We have been looking for a new house. Yes. And part of that process, uh, talking to a realtor and talking to the bank and everything, pretty much everybody was like, you should sell your house as soon as possible because the market is so good right now. For sellers. For sellers. And it might not be that way in three months. Six so, months even. Like, yeah. We were initially not going to be moving until December, but then when we had this conversation with the mortgage lender, she was like, you need to sell right immediately. Like, as soon as possible. <laughs> it's like, you need to get on the market and, like, get rid of this house now while the market is as good as it is, basically. So so we pretty much, like, found a new place to live, moved in, like, three weeks. Yeah, basically. <laughs> we found the townhome that we're in now. Yes. Did the whole process and then yeah, moved immediately. Yeah. So we are we are moving we are moved into a townhome in Webster, New York. Yep. Which uh I hate Webster, sorry. I'm but, also not a fan of Webster now that I'm living here. It's not but, my favorite um, place. We uh are planning to stay there really just until we find another place. But even with the amount that we're paying in rent, we're still going to be making more money getting out sooner and selling the house as soon as possible than we would if we waited and the prices went down. Yeah. So cause other houses on our street are like selling for like a lot, 60000 over asking all in cash. Like it's insane right now. Yeah. Where our house was is in a very uh, – uh, Up and coming. Up and coming. It's the term they use, up and coming. Yeah. I think that it's a. Can we tell the house story now? We're not out yet. Okay. We still own it. We'll tell the house story in like two months when we're officially out. Okay. Once we're moved, moved. Yes. But um, no, I think it's exciting to be moving, but it's also just been a lot very quickly. It's it's interesting because we're obviously putting. Um, a lot of money like up front to be able to do the move and be able to do all of this but we're doing it with the hope that we're going to recoup any sort of like investment we put into we finding will. this new place we'll re- I mean, eh, fingers crossed I'm not as optimistic you're much more optimistic about the house selling than I am I'm a little bit more like hesitant with the house selling and we talked to a realtor about it and she's very optimistic that everything's going to sell but the other part of piece to the, this whole puzzle is that our house 
even though we've been living in it for the past couple of years, it's well less than two years. It'll be two years in August. We haven't actually finished everything yet. Yeah. Like we've been living in sort of a weird half finished space. Not that it's not it's livable. It's like ninety percent finished. It's livable. It's just not like beautiful in certain parts of the house yeah. because we never paid somebody to come do it. We never took the time ourselves to do it. So now that we're leaving, we're doing all of this yeah. stuff that had been on a list of things to do the whole time we were living there that we either couldn't do because of COVID or we just didn't do because like we yeah. just didn't do it. Um, so now it's kind of funny. I wish we had done those things when we were living there because <laughs> well, it looks so much better. It's like the, the best thing, it's ever right? been. Here's the thing is the original plan was that we were going to move into that house, live in it for five to seven years. Yeah. Well, we paid it off and paid off student loans and everything. Yeah. Right. And we were planning to update it over that time. And over we, five we got to a seven lot years. Done in the first in the first year, really. So yeah. for for those of you who don't know, well, we worked on it for eight months leading into moving into it, yeah. and that's when the bulk of the work got done. Was those eight months before so, we moved in? Because right. when we first got in possession of the house, it was not livable, right? Like at all. It was empty for twenty two years before we we got it. So yeah. we. Pretty much, I mean, pretty much everything is new except for the wood floors. We, yeah. We painted. We got new ceilings put in. We painted the ceilings. We completely gutted the kitchen. We completely gutted the bathroom and replaced them. Everything in them, um, too. It was a complete gutting and complete, like, yeah. there was nothing left of the original house. New roof, house. new air conditioning. New, new hot water hot heater. water heater, new furnace. Everything was new and updated. Yeah. And the plan was, you know, over the five years that we were living there, we were going to do do all the little minor things like paint the hallways or fix the windows or all the little things. We'll even do like we had a couple of ideas for stuff we maybe wanted to do that were almost bigger things, too, but that we were going to do like later. Like we had this back window that we talked about turning into a sliding door yeah. and like adding a um, what is it called? A deck adding a deck to like the out the back the back patio and trying to do like little things to improve the house that would be beneficial for us while we were living there but the plan for doing those things was over the span of like seven years yeah so that's why a lot of little things got kind of brushed aside because we were just like oh we'll just do it when we like do it you know and you know the the covid situation covid put a hold on like everything a solid eight we pretty much got back from because we went to europe in february right before covid got really bad yeah and pretty much from like March. March until like now, pretty much until we got vaccinated like two months ago or whatever. Yeah. We did no work on the house because we needed help with it from Hannah's dad and my stepdad. And um, we just didn't get it done because yeah. nobody could come over because of COVID. So uh, a lot of stuff needed to be finished. Like we needed to add drywall to things. We needed to paint certain things. We redid most of the electricity. All of the electric basically needed to be redone. Yeah. So it was a lot of like little things, but they were important things, but they were just things that we like just never did. So now that we're moving out and we want to sell the, basically the way the realtor put it was like, whatever you put in, you're going to get back times like 10, mm -hmm. you know? So if you do this, it's going to pay off for you because you're going to get a better offer. So we've been doing these little things. Like yesterday I went over there with my friends and we were painting the front steps and we were painting the door and we were like putting a fresh coat of paint on everything and it was so surreal seeing the house because we've just gotten used to it how yeah. it is being kind of like you know how I it feel is like that's like the paradox of selling a house yeah is it never looks nicer than the day you move yeah out. You it really I mean? does it it really does it it's weird i feel like it's, it's it will never we never got to live in it as nice as it's going to look for right. the person who gets to buy it like yeah. it's gonna be so nice for them which, which is, is good but yeah, so it's been kind of weird, but we've been in the process of doing that, and that's obviously been a very like time-consuming process, trying to get the house ready and also trying to put it on the market and also trying to move. And we it was all condensed into like three weeks. Like Basically. We decided, hey, we're going to move, and then we were like, oh, but we want to get the house on the market before July, so we need to move like in two weeks, Yeah, which we did. We, we did got, do we, it. We, got it. we, <laughs> we got somehow it. managed to do that. but New apartment in a new townhome is very nice. I don't know if we're going to do a... Tour. Tour. We could. I don't mind Wait, doing say tours. That again. No, I hate the way you say tour. It's, tour? I hate it. It's not tour. It's tour. Rochester. No. <laughs> it's my Rochester accent. No, I think we're going to, we might do like a, a little bit of a tour of the townhome and maybe like we can show you on the vlog channel, probably we'll show you guys yeah. like what's going on. Because we're still, we actually, it's pretty much mostly decorated, I would say. Yeah, it's it, pretty much. Just the bedroom isn't decorated, no. but uh, we hate the bedroom right now because it's there's no vibe. Don't I love the bedroom? There's don't, no vibe. It's we don't like the decorations. Yes, in the bedroom, yes, because it's twice the size of the bedroom. The space, 
That's been crazy. <laughs> That's the crazy part about moving into a place that is very, it's an, it was a new build, so we were the first people to live in this particular place. It wasn't even finished when we moved in. No, it was not. And so to move into a place that was like all new everything and like it's big, like it's technically bigger than our current house in square by like, footage. By like 80 square Still, feet. Still, <laughs> that 80 square feet feels like a lot. The space is better allocated too. It's a much more yes. open floor plan. The bedrooms are a lot bigger. So to be there's in a place... There's not really any hallways that, so it's like... Yeah, there's like one hallway and that's rooms. it. So it's been nice living in a place that's a little bit bigger and we my office finally feels like an office. I was telling um, one of my friends this before I came over here. I was like, my office actually feels like it's supposed to be a workspace space and not just like a place where i store clothing it the old office at the old house was just so cramped so to have space here to actually like do things has been really really nice yeah so i enjoy it but yeah that's kind of where we've been just really moving has been the biggest thing in our life right now plus any teachers now the end of the year is like it's it's weird because this is even though this is my second year teaching this is the first time i've had to do end of the year stuff yeah because last year i mean we 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 March we left and then we pretty much never went back and there was no formal online learning plan so it was like I was posting asynchronous lessons that the students could just like access themselves and like it was very different this year so this is the first time I've really and even this is going to be different than next year because we're still online yeah but um yeah it's it's been busy end of the year IEP stuff it's like yeah, Charles so has had a big workload on top of this move, so that's why I, my big job lately has just been the move, and Charles this has been, like, still figuring out how to do his job yeah. in, like, all the different weird places yeah. that we're in right now, so. My district decided they wanted to transition to two-year annual reviews. Oh. Or, wait, well, they, they, they basically, yeah, they wanted to okay. transition to two-year meetings instead of yearly meetings for one of the IEP meetings we were required to do. So we had to squeeze all of them in at the end of, it was like a whole thing. It was awful, but. Um, Oliver and Stella are doing really well. They're adjusting nicely. Oliver, not as well as Stella. Stella literally like doesn't care. She doesn't care about anything. She, so one of the big things we were worried about with moving was them going to the bathroom because Oliver is very, very particular about where he goes. He will not go to the bathroom anywhere that is not his home. Like he will not do it ever. He He, won't do it. He needs to be like in a very, meanwhile, Stella, like she'll go anywhere. She goes on the sidewalk. She doesn't care. There's like, there's There's no, yeah, there's stones. She just crawls on the stones like a gremlin and squat. She doesn't doesn't care. care. So, yeah. So that's been the only thing, but Oliver's getting better at it. I think he's finally realized realizing that he's like at his yeah. home you and know he's also got like a ter- a crippling fear of boxes so oh, that's been awful <laughs> he's so scared of boxes the first couple days when everything wasn't unpacked oh he was my like god he was neurotic. on edge he was basically just crying all day because yeah. he didn't understand what was happening we decided for the next move because we're obviously going to move again in a very short amount of time so we decided for the next move he might just stay at my parents house for a few days so we can get everything unpacked because it's too just, much stress on him he, a new location and boxes is like his worst nightmare i don't nightmare. know what traumatic event happened to him in the past <laughs> boxes, boxes but i don't know either he's so scared of them them, yeah. but that's been the big thing and so now that everything's once we sell the house then it's going to be looking for a new house time yeah which is going to be a little bit crazy maybe we'll start posting vlogs again although we I should start posting more now that it's summer too should be we actually pose this question of the house hunting vlog we did already pose it in a vlog in a in a podcast that we never posted well because the podcast had horrible audio that yeah. was the one of the mic things was unplugged and yeah. the audio just got messed up but Basically, the big question we have, I guess, in terms of house hunting vlogs, and this is totally on me. Like, this is in my brain because we posted that first house hunting vlog and it got uh, such positive comments. Like, people were so nice. People really loved it. Everybody was really supportive and kind and, like, loved going on the journey with us. My fear with posting content like that is I never want to seem sort of like I'm bragging or being boastful or like I'm shoving it in people's faces because I'm very cognizant of the fact that 2020 and 2021 have not been good years for a lot of people. Like we're about to be on a homelessness crisis because there's about to be the eviction moratorium lifted. It's not a good time, I feel, to be vlogging about moving into a new home that is like a really nice home. I feel very weird about it. But Charles feels i just feel like your subscribers 
like you for the most part. <laughs> like they like you. They want to know about your life. They want to be involved in your life. And I just feel like there's no harm. I mean, like, it's not a secret that we're moving, right? I mean, no. It, like, so why don't we just involve people in the process? And if people don't want to watch it, then they just don't. It's on a separate channel. Then they True. just don't have to watch it, you know? I don't know. And I think the people who watch, well, this, this podcast and the people who watch the vlogs are like the real fans. You know what I mean? Well, I I, I don't like the word fans, but I agree Sorry, with you. you know no, what I, mean. I know like, what you they're mean. The, they're the real, like the ones people who, who really genuinely like us. Genuinely like you. Yeah. Like, you know, with your main channel, I feel like you get a lot of people who don't necessarily like you, but they're interested in what you're talking about. Yeah, for sure. That's but like probably I, the bulk of it. Those people don't come here because why would they? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I just feel like I want to just be aware of it. You know what I mean? I never want to come across like we... I think the reason it's so weird to me is because we have existed and conducted ourselves our entire relationship on the basis that, like, I would be a social worker and you would be a teacher and we would never have the biggest income and, like, that's just how our lives were going to be. And, like, we were fine with that. So with YouTube changing that so drastically for us, I think that it's just put me in a weird thought process of, like, we're going to get to move into a house that I never could have possibly even dreamed existing for us as, as a couple. And so I think it's just very strange to then turn around to the people that help Helped me achieve that and be like, look what you guys did for me. You gave, you, like, you guys helped me get this yeah, house. I like, don't know. I just feel like it, if it's not on the main channel, you're not forcing them to watch it. You know what I mean? Like, I it's it's giving the people who care about that side of our, our lives the, the chance to be involved in the process. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can get that. I guess we'll pose the question to you guys. Yeah. I think they, I think like you guys will be honest and tell us, you know, however you think. Yeah. I just don't want it to come across as insensitive or like I'm like, it's not even about, I feel like there's this whole side of yeah. YouTube that's like, you want to steam, say relatable. And it's almost to a point where it's like fake and people like pretend that they're not making but millions this, of dollars. I, and, like, I, well, we're not making millions. No, no, no. I mean like the Shane Dawson's <laughs> yeah. like he lives in a $10 million mansion and pretends that he's broke. Yeah. And like, that's not how I'm trying to be. I'm not trying to be like, yeah. Oh my God. But at I the feel same like time, relatability is a state of mind because as hey, you well, no, listen, pop off. as your life changes and, yeah. and things change for you, like that's just part of life. You can't control that. But I think you have to remember where you came from and just try to keep you know not let yeah. it change your mindset. And there's always going to be people that are like, well, I I can't relate to you anymore because you're living this life that I don't have, and that's fine. Yeah, you know what I mean. But like. That's that's just part of, part of the process, you know. Yeah. And if life. those people don't want to watch the vlogs, then they don't have to watch the vlogs, you know. That's and valid. I'm sure there are some people out there who are going to be not resentful isn't the right word, but just don't want to see that because like personal stuff. They just don't. You know what I mean? They don't want. Not everyone wants to see someone being like. I don't know what the word. Well, is. Well, I don't. I don't always like stuff like that too. Like I follow a lot of. Um, like luxury handbag accounts on TikTok. And sometimes I'm yeah. like, I don't want to see this right now. <laughs> like, I can't buy this bag that I love. I think it's beautiful, but I can't do it. And I don't really want to see you right. having it. And like, I'm it's sure the there same are, thing. I'm sure there are some subset of your audience that is going to be like, well, now I don't like her because she lives in a house that's, that's you know, nice. nicer. But like, yeah. I don't know. And it's also not like we're moving into a million dollar house. No. The but, other thing I like too, though, I will say about the house hunting vlogs and the thing I wish we would do more if we are going to continue down this path is I really like being open and honest and transparent about the process of buying the house and also talking about things that sometimes I feel like nobody talks about like when we first started looking this I might sound like an idiot but like I didn't realize like how taxes on houses work and property taxes I didn't either I had no idea how that worked I had no idea how you even begin to apply for a loan taxes on our house and and I didn't didn't know how it worked I just just, just we just paid it get a bill and you pay it yeah like it was it's so and how like you you know, other people doing improvements on their house can impact your own property taxes, even if you don't do anything to your, like, it's kind of crazy how it works. And so I feel like the other reason I like making those vlogs, because we are able to talk about those things and be transparent and maybe help other people who are trying to go through that process, because it is really fucking complicated. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sharing our experience can also be, like, beneficial in that sense, which I also really enjoy that side of it, too. I agree. Like, we talked about taxes and people were like, yeah, nobody talks about that, (laughs) because it's like, nobody wants to talk about money, which I understand but at the same time if nobody's talking about it how the fuck is anybody supposed to know how it works like i have no i agree <laughs> you know what I mean? i'm a firm believer that you should always I, I i feel like hiding how much money you're making how much money you're spending is just harmful to people in general 
because I feel like uh, it, I don't know. I like it, 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 especially like in the workplace. Let me go off on a comrade moment for a second. <laughs> but like, you should comrade know, Charles. you should know the value of your labor compared to the, you know what I mean, compared mm-hmm. to other things. I don't know. It's, I know. I wish. No, I agree with you. I wish YouTubers were more like even myself. I wish I felt more comfortable being more transparent about things because I think it's important to like. It's just important for people to know like what people are making, how you're spending, like being and like I taking said, the taboo out of it will never be. It will only not benefit like the CEOs and billionaires. Like that's the right. people it doesn't benefit. That's the people it it doesn't benefit. If you like are more transparent about money in general, and we take that taboo away, it's beneficial to everybody in the more like working and, class. And there's gonna be people who resent you for it. Oh, of course. But like at the end of the day, I feel like it's better to be open and transparent. And be like, I have nothing to hide. Then yeah. just to be like, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want. Like, I don't want people, people to, to judge mad. me or yeah. You know. No, I get I that. Know. But let us know. I could be completely wrong. I'd love to know opinions too because I think it would be fun to document it. But I also just I have my reservations about it. So yeah. we'll see. But um, but just in general to kind of recap this or end cap this, um, we'll be posting more here and more on the log channel now that it's Things summer. Have and uh, we might have some uh, sponsors for, for upcoming <gasps> podcasts. We might. I'm so if you see a sponsorship, uh, I don't know. I don't know what you do with a sponsorship. I'm Watch <laughs> it. <laughs> right? I'm really excited about We have one sponsor currently lined up, potentially two. One of them would be like a dream for both of us. Yeah. We've talked about it and joked about it for years. And the other one is something we use a lot. So yeah. we'll we'll get into that later on. But we might have a couple things lined up, which yeah. is really, really exciting for us. Cause Do you want to uh, – sorry, not to cut you off. I just – we uh, are we going to talk about the Bo Burnham thing at all? <gasps> we could for a minute. You want to talk about it? Yeah, we were thinking about doing a whole podcast on this. but I don't know if there's enough content for it to yeah. do. There is, but – and also, we're not we're not like literary critiques, no. artistic cr- critique, mm. critiquers, critics. There you go. Art you critics. got there. You got there. So like, but damn, it was good. That's all I got. If say. you haven't watched the Bo Burnham special, what is it called? Alone. Insi- inside. Inside. It is. It's weird. It's so weird, and it's like super. You get halfway through and you're like, what is, what happened? But it's so good. And each individual piece of it is just so, the fact that he did it all himself is what blows my fucking mind. Like, I, I, I don't even, the fact that, I mean, he worked on it for over a year, which tells you right off the bat, like that tells you something. But like, the fact that it was just so well done and hit so many nerves while also being genuinely funny was like, Amazing! It was yeah. so good, so so good. There was a lot in there that I thought was really good, like the the funny song "Funny Feeling" was like really good. The song where he canceled himself, where he was saying like, "Who's going to hold me accountable?" I I feel like that is such like an interesting song to listen to as like a white dude because I I feel like that sometimes, and it's such a complicated because it's like. Well, how do I hold myself accountable without being white savory? Without like, and how do I do? It? I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting, interesting take. Right. He talks a lot about stuff like number one. He talks a lot about internet culture, which I thought was really fascinating. There was the one where he was like reacting to the reaction of the reaction to the reacting. Yeah, that was that funny. made me laugh so hard. What was the other one? Where he was the Twitch. I looked streamer. over. I looked over at you and I was like, "Do you feel attacked?" I did. I felt a little attacked. <laughs> he, but if you're interested in like internet culture stuff, but I also think just in the way that internet culture impacts social justice in a sense he and, talked a lot about health. and mental health and the way that that all impacts and plays a part i thought was really 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 well done yeah it, i can understand criticism that it could come across as sort of like i don't know i want to phrase this white savior yeah kind of like I, what you just I think said that is, i think that is intentional though because i think yeah like that is a part of and, and again like there's bigger fish to fry, so this is a very minor problem. But yeah. there, that's part of trying to be a good ally as a white person is, like, how do you confront that that white saviorism? And how do you, like, develop, like, how do you check yourself so that it you're doing things for the right reason? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I don't know. I, I, I just thought that was an interesting aspect of it. I thought it, so, but. too. I really liked it. I think everything about it from start to finish... 
There was one part too where because he was. It seems like apparently he really did just stay in this room for like a year, basically. Well, I don't think. I, I don't, don't think he that. stayed in it for a whole year. But there, there was he one part. He year. worked in it for a year, <laughs> and there was one part in particular where he was like, "Okay, this is going to be the final song." And I thought it was like, "Oh, he shaved and like cleaned himself up or whatever." But then he cuts. That was like something he recorded at the very beginning of starting the process, and then it cut to him at the end of the process actually singing the final song and the way that he looked it felt like 2020 is a year summarized in an image (laughs) like you start the year and you're like yeah i'm gonna start a creative project everything's gonna be fine and you end it and you're just like haggard and like tired and it's stressed and scared and exhausted and like it really summarized everything that happened this past year perfectly for me it was very 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 well done i would highly recommend people watch it if you have it if you're in a good mental place oh yeah there's a lot of stuff that's a little i don't know what other way to put it than doing a hand gesture i don't even know if triggering is the right word i think it's just dark yeah it gets really dark and i I can understand why did he put trigger warnings on it i think he did I, I don't know if he did. I feel like he might have put trigger warnings on I think at the beginning, it. a little warning. That's beginning, there's like a little trigger warning or something. It's very uncomfortable. It's my grandmother's chair, so. Yeah, I could, I, it's definitely made for. This is my grandmother's dining room table. I love this table. Um, all right. You want to get into the main topic now that we've yeah talked for half an hour? Yeah. Uh, the main topic being our thoughts on the H3, H3, uh, Trisha Ethan Paytas. Klein, Trisha, 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 Trisha Paytas, uh, drama. Yeah. Here's my thing. Can I say first what I, can I say my thing sure, and then you say, okay. Ahead. My biggest thing about this, I, I debated making a main channel video about at frenemies ending. And the biggest reason I opted not to was because a lot of this just feels like workplace slash friend drama that didn't need to be on the internet in the first place i totally agree and i think that the problem for me is like it just does feel i appreciate the people that are recapping like making videos recapping and trying to like explain it because lord like honestly they're doing the lord's work at this point because (laughs) there's so many videos so many tweets so many deleted tweets like so much is happening so i appreciate the people that are doing like rundowns but i can't really give much more of an opinion on it other than man i wish i mean i can hear but i mean like as a main channel video yeah the only opinion i can give is like man i wish it happened offline yeah because like that would have made more sense yeah. you know and you try not to talk about trisha in general yeah i'm a- just because they're very uh, i feel like an interesting thing about the frenemies podcast both for ethan and for uh trisha is that it kind of made the internet forget about a lot of the problem problematic things that they've both done in the past well, it gave um, Trisha Paytas a, re- a redemption arc, basically. Right, and yeah, I think yeah. you've talked about that on your channel, I have. right? About redemption arcs. I but. try not to talk about Trisha a lot just because I do feel... And honestly, I've reflected a lot about this over the past couple of days, especially. I think a big reason I have a little bit of... And I wouldn't say it's a bias toward, against Trisha Paytas. I think the reason I just... I, I, I don't buy a lot of what people seem to see in them is that I do feel like because of stuff I went through in my life personally and this stuff that I've gone through with Mm -hmm. other people in my life. I'm not going to go into specifics, obviously, but, like, people I've had in my life have been similar in that way, and I think it's just kind of triggering for me. Like, would you agree with that? No, yeah. I think it's just I don't don't buy into it as much or I'm not as willing to, like, see what other people see because I find it triggering, which means I should just not speculate on it when it comes to, like, my main channel especially. I think in general, Trisha Paytas is kind of the reason everything around them is such a controversial topic is because Trisha is never like a lot of things that they do. uh, Like they're in the wrong for a lot of it, but they're also like a victim in other things. Yes. So like perfect example is like they did a a lot of bad things, but then they were wronged by like the whole Shane Dawson thing. And the David Dobrik and stuff, David too. Dobrik. Yep. So, like, I think uh, the, 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 the scale, every, everyone in their mind has, like, a different, the scales are weighed out differently. Agre- that's agreement. Because there's so much, like, th- there's just so much. And, and it's them being wronged and them doing wrong things. They're like, they're like, oh, she's, oh, I'm sorry. No, a, well, I should say this. Trisha uses she, her, and they, them pronouns. I try to use they, them just because I think I'm 100% sure that's what they have in their t- 
Twitter bio. Okay. Or not Twitter, uh, TikTok bio. But I personally try to use they, them as much as I can because uh, Trisha has expressed that that's what they feel the most comfortable with. Okay. But she, her, is okay. So we're going to try our best, but I do apologize in advance if we if there's um, any sort of slip I'm, up. I'm really trying. I know, but. I know. So they see that things have happened to Trisha and they're like, oh, people are like, oh, so much has happened to them that we just like, let's not even worry about the things that they've done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I feel like you're on the opposite side of that where you're like, I, I, I feel bad for the things that are happening to them, but it doesn't excuse the things they've done. And I tend to be more on that side with you as well. Um, I think for me, it's just, I, I think it's hard because if you look at Trisha's like life, even before being on the internet, it's very obvious that there's like the way that, especially what, sh- what they have disclosed there's a ton of trauma there. There's a ton of just like lots of stuff that they went through. Like there's so much of it. If you look at the trauma that they've been through that they have themselves disclosed, you can see why they do a lot of the things that they do. And I think that's where I empathize. However, I empathize much more with the pain that they have caused for minority groups and yeah. people that they have hurt. Like I just empathize more with the people that they use their platform to hurt because they have used their platform to hurt pretty much every marginalized group that exists. Like everybody. Yeah. Like literally there's not a... See, you know, this is where things get tricky to me because I feel like it's important to understand those past traumas that like make a person who they are. Yes. But at, people aren't just bad people for no reason yes. most of the time. Not that I'm saying Trisha is necessarily a bad person, no. but like anybody who has behaviors that we don't consider socially acceptable, like that's happening for a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if like you're talking about something like somebody who's racist. Like, th- there's a reason that they have those beliefs. Like, they were raised wrong. They, you know what I mean? Like, there's, they, they, they grew up in a racist area and internalized those beliefs. Like, there's, I feel like 90% of the time, there's like a, a, a reason, a, something traumatic or yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a cause for, the, for that. So that's why it's like, okay, yeah, there are traumatic things in, in Trisha's past. But at the same time, it's like, not an excuse. Everyone has. It gives stuff, context. You know? It doesn't give an excuse, basically. Exactly. And I think the problem here, too, is with Trisha in particular, it's like I think people who maybe did not know of them before Frenemies as well became really big fans because of Frenemies, because Frenemies painted Trisha in such a different light. And with the help of Ethan and everything, like they were able to be sort of this, like, vindicator of people who had done horrible things like david dobrik and shane doth like they were able to do that so now to see trisha kind of doing what i I mean i'm not gonna lie like if you followed trisha for a long amount of time this is kind of the pattern that they follow like this is not abnormal behavior for trisha what's been happening the past few days like this is very normal actually for what you know trisha has done in the past i think people just put them on this pedestal because they were like, oh, we love Trisha, Stan Trisha, she's like, they're a woke queen. And the problem with that is like, they're not. And also they're a human being. And also they're a person who has severe issues with mental health that they've been very open in speaking about. Yeah. And it's like, they are never, Trisha is never going to meet that standard that people have put them up on. Like that pedestal that people have put Trisha right, up on. I agree. Trisha's never going to meet that ever. I think it's just like, part of a parasocial relationship yes. right like they in the way that they are presented in frenemies uh, people see like the more charming side of them they see the funnier side of them you know it's not just videos of them crying in front of their fridge or eating or right. whatever like, they do they're, yeah they're seeing because you know most people have some redeeming qualities so they're seeing those redeeming qualities highlighted and then they gain an attachment to that person because they're like, oh, I like, I like this Trisha. Yeah. I like the Trisha's Trisha that's funny. Presented, yeah, you know. But then, like, that's only a, a anytime anyone's on camera, even us right now, it's it's like that's a performance. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing that character that they're playing in that moment, but that's not all of their personality. Yeah. I think something just to talk more about, because I think, I think we've sort of established why Trisha's reputation is the way that it is. And I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of people would agree, but I think where there's this point of contention now is, is what's happening now with the downfall of frenemies, Trisha's fault. Like, is this Trisha's, is this Trisha or is this Ethan? There's a lot of going back and forth. And 
can I just give my personal like rundown of sure. what happened quick for people who might not sure. know? Because I feel like I can give a concise rundown. Go ahead. They were on a podcast, and towards the end of the podcast, you could tell basically the entire podcast that Trisha was just kind of off and like not really feeling the the best. Like there was some weird remarks happening here and there, but they were pushing through, and then they got to a part of the podcast, and Trisha was talking about Brokeback Mountain, the movie from like I think it's two thousand four. It's like a really old movie, but Trisha was talking about Brokeback Mountain. Ethan interrupted her to like ask a crew member if they wanted pizza, and you could tell that that kind of pissed off Trisha. Trisha snapped about a segment that they were going to do, which involved fan questions and like giving advice, you know. And um, then Trisha and Ethan had an argument. Trisha left. During that argument, it did seem like Trisha was kind of insulting the crew's work and insulting Ethan's work and insulting, you know, how they did things. But Ethan, and Ethan, to his credit, I feel like he always stays very calm when these things happen. Um, and then Trisha left. And then the next day, Trisha posted a video that sh- they were stepping down from Frenemies. And everything that's ensued since then, like Ethan's put out his side. Trisha has put out multiple videos talking about their side. And it's just turned into this very big, messy thing. A big point of contention that seems to be happening is Trisha feels like Ethan gets, I think it's, Ethan gets 55% of the Frenemies revenue, 100% of the Highlights channel. Of the profit. Of the of the money they make, so ad revenue. Yeah. So which, Trisha makes forty five percent of the profit from the ad revenue, and also fifty percent of memberships, which I want to talk about. Yeah. Um, so that seems to be something that keeps getting brought up. But Trisha is kind of insisting it's not about the money; it has nothing to do about the money, and it's much more about like feeling like they don't have a say in production, feeling like Ethan doesn't fully listen to them and also not feeling accepted by the crew. So that's kind of the brief rundown. If you've missed everything. Um, that's kind of my first, yeah. like, TL, what is it, TLDR? Yeah. <laughs> so hip. Um, that's kind of a brief rundown. Yeah, and I don't know. It's Here's the thing, is I, I feel like had it ended with the podcast and they talked things out behind the scenes and they came back the next day, this would have been like a non-issue because yeah. these things have happened with Trisha and Ethan before. It's been worse before. Yeah. They've had worse arguments than that right. one. And I think the thing that makes this different is how it was handled like off camera. Yeah. You know what I mean? The fact that like Ethan reached out to her and was like – and I do feel like for Ethan, this is kind of like like – the breaking point for him where he's just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't yeah. do it. It's not worth it. So that's interesting. I think the reason that there's so much debate on this is because there's really, there's really two schools of thought, right? There's the thought that, uh, you know, this is all part of the behavior of somebody with a, the mental illnesses that Trisha has. And as a good friend, you have to like, just put up with that and deal with it. And that's just part of being accepting about people with mental health issues. And I think there's the other group of people that is like that only extends to a certain point and not or some people saying that like not all of this is mental health behavior. Some of it is just general toxic behavior that yeah. is being masked as or blamed on mental health. Yeah. And it's tricky because personally, I think, you know. In in a vacuum, right? Like in in theory, you're reading about it in a textbook, whatever. Like totally removed from reality. I personally tend to agree with the people who are saying like these are symptoms of of mental health, you know, and you need to be uh, cognizant of them and you need to be accepting of them and you need to create like a place where you're not blaming this person, but you are, are like allowing for, for these behaviors and helping them work through it. I, I agree with that in theory. I think where that theory falls through is it doesn't really take into account the person who has to be yes. an absolute saint and deal with everything. Yes. Because at the end of the day, nobody can. Nobody can. No. I mean, nobody, nobody is a perfect saint that is just going to be like able to take that. I mean, there's some people out there. There's not. I'm certainly not. I'm not. You know? <laughs> I, I mean, I've dedicated my life to working with, with students with, with disabilities and some of them do have similar mental health challenges to mm-hmm. this. And, you know, there's there's times where even I, as somebody who's been formally trained to deal with it, 
get frustrated and have to walk away from the situation. Yeah. You know what I of mean? Of course. Or escalate it to another a, a peer or, or an administrator or somebody for help. I actually relate to that really heavily because I think we both, I mean, we've both been trained in, you know, mm-hmm. mental health behaviors and how to manage them and how to best, you know, help our clients or our students. And I think that, you know, for me, like, I agree with you. There are times where there are certain situations where it's like, even I, a person who has been trained in this, just this is above what I know how to do. Like, this is above. And I also think when it comes to a friendship, so it's not a working environment. Like, you're not being paid to help that person. It's not your job. It's just a a choice you're making. I think that makes it even harder to always be a perfect saint or a person. I think the biggest thing that's very interesting to me in all of this debate is a lot of people are talking about the fact that Trisha has, I believe it's borderline and schizophrenia. They've they've openly talked about that as what they're diagnosed with. And uh, there's a lot of debate of like, and you touched on this, but it's like, are these borderline behaviors? Are these schizophrenic behaviors? Are these... And I think that's important to talk about and important to, you know, whatever. But I also think speculating on that, number one, is very toxic in general. Like, I think speculating about Trisha's mental health and speculating about... I don't like when people do that to anybody on the internet. See, It bothers me when people... No, it's okay. It just bothers me when people do that because it's like... I saw this whole thread that while it was very insightful, it was basically pulling stuff that they knew about Trisha and trying to apply it to borderline tendencies. And I just think that's not always the best thing to do for for maybe the people watching. Watching, it helps contextualize, but you have to think about it from the stance of if that person were to see it, like that wouldn't be good for them. See, though, but I, I think that that is it, it, that's just problematic in general because you know <clears throat> maybe uh, uh, the behavior isn't caused by the 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 BPD, right? Mm-hmm. But like it kind of is because. When you have something like that, there's the actual symptoms of it, but those symptoms kind of ripple throughout everything. So, like, you know, those the, those the the symptoms cause you to have certain interactions with people, and then through those interactions, you build your personality. So, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not you can't just. It's not like you're separating. Cherry picking. Yeah, you're not well. separating stuff because, like, there's no real way to do that. I mean. You know, maybe uh, this is like just an example, but maybe Trisha, because of the BPD, went to a therapist who told her a certain thing and then she tried to change that behavior. You know what I mean? So now she has this behavior that's not a direct symptom of of her mental issues, right? Uh, Of the challenges she has. But I'm sorry. They. Of the challenges they have. Mm But it has been indirectly caused by something that was caused by the BPD. Do you but, know what I mean? Yeah, but I think the other problem is, is I see I saw this thread and it was a person basically saying, I was with a partner who had severe BPD for eight years and I'm going to tell you like how this all unfolded. And my whole thing about that is like I appreciate people sharing information about mental health and I appreciate people being so open with their experiences and I will never knock that education is so important when it comes to mental health. However, not all people with borderline are the fucking same. Right. And so to compare Trisha's behavior to your you know partner that you yeah. had a toxic relationship with that is never going to be beneficial and it's never going to be fucking accurate. Like it's never yeah. you're not Trisha's therapist or psychiatrist like you're not that. So it it, it feels like specu- all the and I think the other thing that pisses me off a little bit about the situation is everybody is completely forgetting and not speaking about the fact that Ethan has also been very open about the fact that he struggles with mental health. So you have two people who are really struggling with mental health, which by the way is probably the no- I mean hi, we're two people struggling with mental health having a podcast yeah. right now. <laughs> like you have people struggling with mental health and you're expecting one of them to always accommodate the other as like a person who should always be a com- Ethan should always be accommodating to Trisha and should always understand these things in the context of Trisha's, you know, borderline and it ju- it's a lot. Like that's a lot to expect from a singular human being. That's a lot. Yeah. There's not a lot that you can you can't put that much on that person. Like you really can't. Yeah. So they they have these bad behaviors that they show that people don't like that are not necessarily caused by the the mental prop mental issues right the challenges that they have going on but they are indirect results of it do you know do you know yeah. what i'm saying maybe that's not a i'm not trying to diagnose i'm just trying to make the point that it's kind of useless to sit there and try to pick apart what is the BPD, yeah. what is schizophrenia, and what's not, because it, it's intersectional. You can't just that's a really pick good point. Apart. 
It's a really good point. So it all works together to form them as a human, like basically and how they interact with other people and how they behave. So it's like trying to pick point what is toxic, what is just them being selfish, what is the BPD, what is the schizophrenia, trying to pin like you're you're never going to find the answer to that because it all crosses paths. That being said, I don't want to seem like I am I and just my stance is, oh, Trisha isn't wrong. Because I, I do think Trisha is doing problematic things and issuing, showing problematic behavior that we don't necessarily, like we shouldn't just expect Ethan to be an absolute saint. I got to say something, though, and this might be unpopular. I think it's such bullshit that this is the shit that is getting Trisha people are so angry over. Well, I'm sorry. Like, I do. It's the but I think it is bullshit that trisha being a bad friend to ethan is what is now getting people to say you know what trisha's not the great trisha has done so much but do you know disrespectful that is to the marginalized communities who have been speaking and not that they're they're monolithic but like the the amount of people that i follow on twitter who are part of marginalized communities who have come forward about this trisha stuff and like this redemption arc is awful like i cannot believe people are allowing this can't believe people are accepting this and nobody has been listening and nobody's been paying attention to that and now that trisha has screwed over ethan oh bad friend canceled if there's one thing I've learned in the ba- the past year, it's that the internet really doesn't like when somebody nobody, appears to be a bad nobody friend. Nobody likes a bad friend. What can I say? <laughs> nobody likes them. Uh, I don't know, dude. It just pisses me off that, like, of all the things, this is the most petty shit that Trisha's been involved in in a long time. Just like, yeah, they should have they should have not posted a video announcing that they were quitting before talking to Ethan. That was kind of fucking like a shitty thing to do. Like, I agree, especially when there's thousands of dollars involved and it's yeah. like you have sponsors and you have all this shit like they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have, you know, taken everything to the Internet and gone, you know, showing personal pr- private conversation. They shouldn't have done all of that to Ethan. Right. Ethan, to his credit, probably shouldn't have posted the episode to begin with, like just to be perfectly honest. Right. Like, no, the I, ep- I don't even understand why the, that episode was supposed to be because it's painfully obvious how like not great it is it's very obvious that ethan is on the defensive now yes like he he feels like he needs to to justify himself and and i get i i again i'm not trying to just like diagnose ethan but i feel like he probably feels kind of bad and like he wants people to know that like because here's the thing is when like when you're that person who just couldn't be the absolute saint and like be the be the emotional punching bag and do everything that you need to do to support this other person. You feel bad about it, and so was praised by the internet for being able to handle. Which I don't like. I never have liked the way that's phrased. But everybody was like, Ethan handles Trisha's stuff so well. Right. Ethan is so good with Trisha. Ethan truly cares about Trisha. And then to have to come out and be like, Yeah, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. That is embarrassing, and that's painful uh, to be able to do. And I feel like he feels that he needs to justify himself. I agree, and that's why he's on the defensive. And you know, the things that he says is. Probably True. He feels like he needs to stand up for the crew, you know, all that stuff too. But it's, I, I gotta say, I think my my general two sentence stance on this is in this situation they're both in the wrong. Yeah. But I think the burden to fix the situation is on Trisha. I completely agree because I feel like I part of I have so much I want to say. My mind is just. I know I do too. I have like ten different points I want to make. It's a it's an interesting situation. It really is. I will say. As somebody who is, quote unquote, the talent, right? Because, like, this is our podcast, but oh. really it's your podcast, right? Yeah. We're, we're writing off of your fame. It's your channel. I just kind of show up and talk. You edit it. You do most of the work. Yeah. Right? There has been times where I have been, we've gotten into arguments because I've been like, I don't really like that. And it's frustrating. This is not creatively coming together, like, in the vision that I had. Mm. So, like, I like that is frustrating. But then you need to take a step back and be like, you know, it's not, it's not my thing. Well, and, like, you didn't contribute any of the work to try to make it that way. You right. just gave the idea and tried to run so, with it, which is essentially seems like what Trisha was so doing, do which is giving the ideas. I do understand some of that frustration. See, I almost see Ethan's side way more having hosted this podcast with you because I've been, we've been recording well, right. stuff, and you're like, this is stupid. And I'm like, well, do you have any fucking other ideas? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't no, fucking no, come I, to the table with anything. Too. I'm just saying. Yeah, like I get, I get both sides, but I also get. I think also, I just want to make this point super. Like this is just mind boggles me. The fact that Trisha was making forty five percent and fifty percent of memberships is fucking the most generous deal I have yeah. ever seen in my entire life. I cannot believe that Trisha tried to paint that out like Ethan was taking money. The way the reason everybody's like, well, why couldn't he give her a list of expenses? 
why couldn't he he was taking that five percent because he was producing the fucking show and frankly he deserves more he deserves more than five extra percent for editing the show putting all the money down up front producing the show like he took all the risk i i think that's the biggest part of this problem is that trisha doesn't necessarily understand what how well they were being treated by ethan they don't necessarily yes. understand the deal how good they the deal had, is. and they didn't. Ha- did they not have a contract? I, Trisha says no. Trisha because says it was it just seems tax. like everything was over tax, which I mean, that is like a mind-boggling mistake. I, know, I don't like, know why he would not, do that. Do you, I don't know why Ethan would do that. How do you get, be as successful as like H three H three is, and they don't have a contract I, for the talent? You know what I think likely happened? I don't think that Ethan thought that this was going to last very long. And so I think he was just like, sure, 50, yeah, 40. Still, I don't I think mean, he thought it was going to do anything. I really don't. I think my problem with this is I think it's I think it's annoying to see the contradictions in Trisha's story where Trisha's like, I never said fire the crew. But you can see in their first video they posted about the situation. They said they wanted a whole new crew. So maybe yeah. you didn't say you wanted to fire the crew. But by saying you want a whole new crew, you're saying no. you want to fire the fucking crew. You're arguing right. over semantics. And the fact that Trisha complained about the salary and the five percent, the five percent difference, and the all of that just blows my fucking mind. Because from a from a YouTuber perspective, knowing number one how much money they're fucking making, even yeah. with forty five percent of that, they're making fucking bank. And on top of that, knowing the work that Ethan and his team have put into this show, they Trisha's like Trish, normal deals like that would be like twenty to thirty no, percent of right, the of the right. over everything, not even fifty percent of memberships. Everything it would be twenty to thirty percent. He was so fair and generous and how he offered to pay them for this work. Yeah. And it's mind boggles me that Trisha thought it was like, yeah, I'm going to complain about that. Like, that's the thing that trips me up. Like, I don't understand. You know what I think it is? I think if you look at just Trisha's behavior in general, and again, this is where I'm going to catch heat because I'm talking about somebody else's behavior and speculating, but they maybe down the line, they reflect and they find what they did wrong and try to fix it. But their initial gut reaction right. is always, I did nothing wrong. It's this other person's fault. Publicly, so, what we've seen, that is a pattern. Right. Yeah, and they, not behind the scenes, but like what they, they, when they have public right, feuds. Right. Yeah. So I think that that is kind of, we're in that phase right now where Trish doesn't think that they've done anything wrong. Yeah. Right? They think that Ethan is in the wrong. And yeah. I'm not going to say it's the BPD. I'm not going to say, I don't know what it is. No. Right? But that's just what it seems like to me. That's what is they're that saying. They they don't they they cannot yet look at the situation with a clear mind and reflect on what they've done wrong. Do you know what I mean? And I also think too, just to like piggyback off that because I think it's a really good point. I th- I do think normally I don't like to I don't I don't always agree with a lot of comments, but I think the comments saying that Trish is really going to look back on this decision and regret it, I think, are very true. I think that Trish acted impulsively, and whether it, I don't know what that was, but they acted impulsively by posting that video and honestly i'm I'm not gonna lie so i've been technically diagnosed with borderline personality disorder when i was a kid which I, we don't know like as an adult nobody's ever diagnosed me with that and i don't know if i agree with that diagnosis but as a result of getting diagnosed when i was a kid i did a lot of reading about borderline and i did a lot of like research into it as a, a mental health disorder and also i've learned about it in my classes and stuff and like the thing about borderline is the biggest thing is you have this there's this book I actually don't really like the book, but it's called I Hate You, Don't Leave Me. And that title is like the perfect way to describe stuff like that, where you're always like testing boundaries. You're always, you don't believe people actually care about you. You don't believe people are there for you. You're testing that boundary constantly. And you make these impulsive decisions because you're embarrassed and you just don't want to deal with it. And I don't know if that's her, if that's their BPD or if that's just their response to things. But I think they, they felt embarrassed because everybody who were members were calling out the behavior and were calling them out. I think they felt embarrassed that the crew was hurt by them. And I think they felt embarrassed that Ethan was hurt by them. And I think instead of facing that embarrassment and having sort of a what we would consider, you know, a, a standard reaction, which would be to like apologize they and try to down. face it. They doubled down and they didn't want to do it anymore. And that's just how they responded. Yeah. However, because they did it in front of millions of people. Now they don't have that grace to be able to turn around and change their mind and try to, if they had done this behind the scenes, it wouldn't have been a problem. That's why I almost, as much as I'm not a Trisha fan, I almost feel bad for them in this situation because I truly feel like they acted so impulsively and so quickly and so rashly. You know what? 
And now they don't get that grace to change their mind and turn I, around. I agree you know? with you. Like, but it's then, sad. But then, then like you see some of the messages where she I literally know. says, "I don't even know if I can say it." It feels like the slur. I know. But like, I know, makes fun of him for being Jewish. I know, and like doesn't understand how that's not okay because she's marrying a Jewish person. And, and it's like Trisha posted that. Like I, Trisha, I like, and didn't I even know. didn't even follow it. And with, it's like. like <laughs> I, I feel this is what I was talking about at the beginning with the the, with the scale. It's like I feel bad for like I can empathize with how they react in this situation. I can understand the complexities of it, but at the same time, it's like oh yeah, Trisha is also problematic not for other great, things. Not a great person right? when it comes to stuff like that. They haven't learned and grown like they like they've been portrayed as on the podcast because they're still doing stuff like this still making fun of ethan's uh uh ticks and stuff i know despite being told it's uncomfortable it's like are we really surprised and and this is why talking about this is so complicated i know because it's like it it feels bad to talk about somebody who has mental issues and say and say well they're bad they they do bad things but i mean the the proof is in the pudding it's there they do these terrible things to marginalized communities and, and don't care and show no growth and continue to do it and then find new things to do. And then it's like... I also think what's maddening is because of the way that Trish has talked about it, they people paint this now in the defense of Trisha that I see, which was the narrative started by Trisha, is people just don't... People want to be mental health advocates until it's ugly, until it doesn't fit their box of mental health, It doesn't until it doesn't fit what they want. And honestly, that's a fantastic fucking point. Like, it's so true. Nobody wants to talk about the ugly side of mental health. Nobody wants to talk about the horrible shit that happens as a result of it. Nobody wants to talk about the bad Ooh, shit you do. And so when Trish does display these behaviors, I think people are like, well, this is obviously, you know, the, the messy side of mental health. But at the same time like it, it doesn't easy excuse to say it from the outside it is it's so easy to say from the outside it's easy to say that from the outside but i i this is this is again it's one of those situations where there's just no right answer no i agree because well the, in, in an ideal world you know like everyone would no, in an ideal world, Trisha wouldn't have it. Wouldn't have had this platform to begin with. Well, yeah, that's, mean, that's my ideal world. That's the fundamental underlying truth of this. It's bullshit. Right? That, it's bullshit that but, these people get. I'm sorry, this is such a tangent, but it's bullshit to me that people like Trisha. People were like, they haven't said problematic stuff in years. Try three months. It's been three fucking months, and they were still saying problematic shit. It was just in text messages. It's not right. been years. It's not, just because you've been watching them for a little bit longer and you see them every week doesn't mean that there's actually. And they say problematic shit on frenemies all the fucking time they they made this pissed me off so much because they made a remark in their video about how ethan was talking over them talking about trans rights and trans youth getting killed and that was their whole point first of all they were talking about brokeback mountain second of all they the week before dressed in all pride head to toe rainbow wig brought a like a rainbow birkin they did this whole pride themed look and trisha goes i don't even really know what pride is i don't even really know what happened like i don't know why we have pride i just like rainbows so that's fine, but you can't be both. You can't be this pride advocate and trying to explain shit to people and also claim you don't know shit about yeah. pride and you don't know shit about the origins of it. You that's can't another, do fucking both. I feel like that's another layer to this is that that makes it, again, complex to talk about is that Trisha at their core is like, Trisha is just like another white person who is not socially conscious, can't look reflect on their actions. Like Trisha's core is that they are a problematic person. Yeah. Right? Well, the like, internet. We should specify we're talking about on the internet. Well, I mean, we it's, don't, it's no. off the internet too if but they're we te- sending those texts. I know, but we. I feel like to speculate about all of their okay. off internet. On the internet, they yeah. portray themselves as a troll who is not socially conscious. Right. That and, is how they present themselves. They, like they show no growth over time. They find new ways to insult people. Like at, at Trisha's core... They're just not like a socially conscious person who cares about other people, like it cares about marginalized communities, right? Yeah. And who doesn't understand these issues are they care about these communities, but they don't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they, they, it's just there's so much. Trisha is just such like a should not should never even be on the podcast no. to begin with. Like no. they are just somebody who doesn't deserve a platform regardless of of their mental health issues regardless of their past trauma like the core of who they are and how they present themselves and things they say they don't deserve a platform but they get a free pass on a lot of this because of those other issues so it's like 
I don't know. I struggle with it. I think you and I are also very much like... I don't want to seem like I'm defending No, no, no. You're not. You're not. I think you and I are very much, though, like we are very much... If you have a history, a pattern of behavior that is that severe, we're talking like the James Charles's, the Shane Dawson's, the Jeffree Star's, the Trisha Paytas's, we are very much like, fuck your platform, you don't fucking deserve it. A yeah. couple of mistakes, everybody is entitled to make mistakes in their life, everybody can move past, grow, if you've shown change, like whatever. Trisha in particular is a person who's built their platform off of being hateful towards marginalized groups. And that doesn't just change in three months because they did a podcast with Ethan and like got to talk about, you know, predators. Like that doesn't change anything that they did in the past that hurt other people. I agree with you. And it's hurtful to those groups of people who have been calling it out that now everybody's like, well, fuck Trisha just because they're a bad friend. That's hurtful. And I feel like maybe this is a weird comparison. I'm not trying to generalize, right? But I feel like the only difference between Trisha Paytas and someone like Gabby Hanna is Trisha Paytas got their redemption arc and Gabby didn't, right? Because of because of this. And I'm not saying that if, anybody deserves it. No, I know. But like... If Shane Dawson, nothing had happened to him and he was still around making docus and he had made one on Gabby Hanna by now, Gabby Hanna would be fucking thriving at right. this point. Like if because somebody had come along and helped Gabby the way that Ethan helped Trisha, Gabby Hanna would be right up there Gabby, with everyone else Gabby, again. again, not saying Gabby is a good person by any means, but no. Gabby, had, as far as I know, she has never been racist, right? She, we haven't seen any... She's had, she's had like, m- like m- stuff. She, she hasn't been problematic to the same degree that no, Trisha, Trisha has. has. No, not even a lot. And I mean, you know, Gabby has other stuff where she's been bad, bad friends. to fans... And like minors, she's been manipulative of minors and stuff. We're not like defending that. Gabby, but basically. Like, do you see what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like both people who have very problematic behaviors, and I would argue that Trisha's maybe are a little bit worse. They are worse, right? in my opinion. And uh, look, look at look, look. You know what I mean? I know. And Trish is like held up on this pedestal. I know. While Gabby is off doing whatever Gabby's doing, having her own breakdown. You know what I mean? It's a I lot. And I'm not. I'm not saying that to say, oh. Gabby Nobody should be thinks up where you're Trish defending is. Gabby. I'm saying Both Trish should be down where Gabby is. Both of them should be down. I don't know. I think a lot of people are making that Gabby-Trisha comparison. I think a lot of people are. Because it is shocking the way that they handle things, how similar it is. Like, it yeah. really is surprising. But anyway, I think we should wrap up the conversation. Yeah. I really am excited to know what you guys think about the whole frenemies thing because I'm really happy we did this because I was not – I didn't want to do this by myself. I'm happy yeah. I have you here to can – we, Can we each give like a two-sentence sec- two, two summary? of sure. our feelings because I feel like what happens is I go I have so many thoughts I and I know. go off on this rant and I feel like by the time I'm done it's not even clear the points I'm trying to okay make. my point is I think both Trisha and Ethan made some mistakes I do think the burden of what happened for the most part falls on Trisha but I agree that Ethan could have handled some things better as well in a perfect world you know I also would just like to say I think that Trisha didn't realize the deal that they had and how good that deal was with frenemies. And I also think that a lot of the reaction that they had was purely a response to feeling embarrassed and not wanting to feel that way. So they doubled down. I also think that they, you know, are going to, if any, if history tells me anything, they're going to be completely fine after this. Like this isn't like the end of Trisha Paytas. This isn't the downfall. I think they're going to have to find another person to uplift them again, because that's kind of been the, the, whole premise of their career Mm -hmm. first it was shane now it's you know ethan who's next i don't know i think they're gonna have to find that person but i also don't think i don't even think they're like a terrible horrible person who just i just think that they've done a lot of shit that's problematic that they really have not ever properly owned up to or addressed or even tried to change and it's evident because of the text messages that even behind the scenes those things were happening and I think overall Trisha Paytas, the reason I don't like fucking talking about them is because they're super fucking complicated and there's so much there and there's so many things to be upset about and there's so much problems and there's so many defenses and it's just like impossible to have a conversation about them because there's so much. Like it's just so big. It, it goes beyond just this situation. Everything with Trisha Paytas is so much. Yes. And having come in from my life from, a per- from people in my life who have been toxic in that way and it had a lot to do with mental health. Personally, this is why I don't talk about it because I get very frustrated and angry and I don't buy into it. And that's my two-minute summary. Charles, go ahead. I You said everything I want to say. Oh. No. I I get why you do this for a living. That was very very eloquent. Oh, my God. You're good at being concise. I'm not good at being concise. You know what's funny? That's the first time you've ever said that to me. <laughs> that's true. I just realized there's a sunbeam on me, so the lighting's probably all screwed up. But It's been no, screwed up. I agree up. with you. I, I think that there's... On both sides of the issue, some people are right about something, some people are wrong about something. Like, both sides are right and wrong. 
I think that in the situation, Etha did some stuff that was wrong. Trish did more stuff that was wrong. Yes. And the burden to fix the situation is on Trey. That being said, I think that separate from this incident, Trisha has things about them that are problematic and are issues separate of this conflict that make me not support them in general. Yeah. That being said, I do sympathize with them a little bit because I can understand partially where they're coming from this yeah, argument. of course. But I think, like I said, both both wrong in this argument. Trisha is more wrong. Burden of fixing it is on Trisha. Not to incite an entirely new conversation. However, I think this would be an interesting topic for my main channel, so I want to say it here. I think maybe <laughs> the reason that Trisha Paytas is so awful to talk about almost is because Trisha Paytas, unlike most YouTubers, has shown every single aspect of themselves, the good, the bad, the ugly, and it makes them so incredibly human in the sense that like they show when they're having a breakdown. They show when they're angry. They show when they're yeah. happy. They show when they're sad. Whereas most YouTubers are not that open. And I think that's why it can be so complicated because they are a fucking human being and you can't help but address every single I aspect of that when very, talking about it. That's very, them. very true. And that's it's such a good point. But it makes <laughs> Because because yeah. we're seeing the whole person, the whole but we have the whole picture. Harder, it makes it harder <laughs> to judge than somebody like Shane Dawson, where like you know maybe well we know Shane is nice behind the scenes, yeah. but that doesn't necessarily mean that it, like the things that he presents as a well, influencer, right, yeah. or a social media icon, or the things he stood for before right, were, were good. Yeah, but it's easier to condemn that because. We don't see the whole person. We no. just see the Shane Dawson persona. See that I'm thinking about... That's such a good point. Thank Hold you. On. Thank Clink. you. I think that because... That so cringy. No, I gotta, loved it. I'm keeping it in. the part where I no, went, I'm keeping it in. I loved every second of it. I hate myself. I'm going to go. I, <laughs> bye, everybody. That's been a good podcast. I think that was. A, I think that's a good place to end it. I'd love to know everybody else's opinions on everything, too, just to you know hear your guys' thoughts. But. Yeah. Thanks for watching. Just be nice in the in the comments, right? Anybody, we never have that problem here, but I'm sure we said stuff people disagree with. Just be nice to each other, please. Or just be, be nice. You, you don't, don't have, have to be, be nice, nice to us. us. Just be nice to each other, just be please. Nice to each other. I think that's everything from us. I mm. want to wrap this up now because our battery's dying, but thank you guys Are so much for watching. The other video? I want to charge the battery really quick okay. and then film it quick. Oh, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you for being a part back. I hope that this was a good episode back. I feel Sorry like we did Sorry if the good. lighting and the sound is screwed up. One day, one, one day, we'll day have it right. we will have it right. Probably when we move to a new house and can set up an actual studio, it will be correct. Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much for watching, though. We really appreciate it. We love doing this, and we hope it's that we can be. be it is. It feels so good. I'm glad we, I hope we can be more consistent. I think we will be now that summer's here. We will be, because I got nothing to do. At least for the summer, we should be pretty consistent. Come fall, we'll have to re reassess. But I think for right now, we're trying for two videos yeah. a week. So, podcast and a bonus video. So Yes, and uh, vlog channel. Yeah, vlog channel videos coming, coming more. But, all right. Hannah Glow. Yeah. That's it, right? The yeah, vlog channel. That is me. Thank you guys so much for watching, and we will see you, you in, in the, the next, next one. one. Bye! Bye! Bye.